Hey, you, Prime members, you can listen to Three Little Words ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. This podcast is brought to you by Quorn, the nation's favourite meat-free brand. Quorn is a great partner for this show because their products have been in our house for years because I'm a vegetarian, so it's always in my fridge. So for every podcast, Tony gives us a Quorn fact. I do, John. Uh, As I like to call them, a quact. And this week's quact is Quorn is a super protein. It's high in fibre, low in saturated fat, and contains no cholesterol whatsoever. So if you're looking for cholesterol, yeah, this is wrong place. So if you're going vegan, vegetarian, or just cutting down on meat a bit, you'll find that Quorn is a great option because they've got so many different products from cocktail sausages to Turkish-style kebab. There's something for everyone. Do you ever wonder where all your money went? Like every single time you look at your bank account? Honestly, it's probably all those subscriptions. I felt that way too, until I got Rocket Money. Rocket Money helped me see all the subscriptions I'm paying for, and it was eye-opening. Between streaming services, fitness apps, delivery services, it all adds up so quickly. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over 500 million in canceled subscriptions. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. That's rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. Thank you for downloading this episode of Three Little Words. I'm here with Tony Pitts and our guest today is a writer, musician, but probably best known as an artist. He won the Turner Prize in 2001 and exhibited all over the world in various forms and art installations. He's the unique, I think it's fair to say, Martin Creed. Martin, thanks for coming and doing the show. Hi. All right. Hi, Martin. Nice to see you. I should say I kind of... I don't really know Martin. I kind of know Martin through uh, Jim, but uh, I think it's fair to say I'm a fan. And, uh, <laughs> you, 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 you can't just say Jim. Everyone's going, oh, no, of course I can't just say Jim. Of course, yeah, Jim, uh, Jim Moyer, Vic Reeves. I think it's VV Imp to make you feel well, so hell, Martin. That's uh, that's reference to one of Martin. If you don't know Martin's work, please go and find it after this because it is <laughs> Glorious. I was trying to think of a word to sum up Martin's work, and I think uh, I like audacious <laughs> as a description. Uh, I did, actually, that's a good point, man, because I've been introduced to your work because you were coming onto the show, and I had heard of you actually, uh, and and I remember the Ferrara. Because every year the Turner Prize is awarded, and every year someone goes, What's They're all that? angry. Uh, everyone's <laughs> angry. So I, I, that's when you first came to me, consciousness. But how would you describe your art, if you could? Oh, I don't know. In fact, I would not really... I never... I, I don't like calling it art, because I've never known what that word means, you know. So when people ask me what I do, you know, I don't say... I'm an artist because I don't know what it means. Yeah. I say um, that I work in the field that's known as art because uh, because basically art galleries are like are places that I've been able to 
do stuff, you know. Yeah. yeah. I think when I was a when I was a teenager, I remember I was trying to, you know, I was in I was really into music and uh, I was into reading a lot and I was into psychology and architecture and I was trying to decide what to like try to go to study at college or university and I just couldn't decide and. Um, but in the end, I thought that art was up, like the 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 subject called art, let you basically let you do what you wanted, and it was like that at art school. You know, people were um, when I was at art school, everybody was like doing. I mean, there was kind of weird performances. You know, someone yeah. throwing throwing baked beans at the wall and. Yeah. Well, else. I mean, let's cut to the chase then, because like when you say. Uh, it's difficult to define what you do. You work in the field that people will call art. There's a traditional view of what art is, which is something you can kind of recognise or represent something else. And then there's there's another level of performance art and installation art. You Aye. won the Turner Prize for two things, one of which was turning lights on and off. I think that was the yeah. title of it, wasn't it? It Where was, uh, it's called The Lights Going On and Off. The Lights Going On and Off. Which was an empty room <laughs> where the light went on and off every yeah. five minutes. But a lot of people here and that will go, well, right. how can you call that art? Because right. what's that challenging? What's that making you think of? What, what, why, why? And also, how did you reach the journey of going, I've done my day's work today, I've got well, the lights going on and off. <laughs> well, the thing, well, if someone said that to me, I, don't, I wouldn't necessarily... Um, you know, try defend it mm. particularly right. because I think that it's not hurting anyone. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Although it might hurt their sensibilities. Eyes. <laughs> well, the sensibilities it might yeah. give you a headache, but right. the light. But um, but it was more. It, so for me, that work, I'd call it a stupid little thing. I was like, it was, a, and it was like a failure. It was like I, basically, I was thinking, right, like. I don't know what I want to do. I don't know what I want to make or try and... I don't know what's beautiful, what isn't. I don't... And um, if you have an exhibition, you're, you're basically saying, hey, you know, look at this. Isn't it great? You know? Mm. But, <laughs> but if you don't... If there isn't anything that you think is really that great to put in the middle of the room and say, look at this, you know, what can you do? And that's how that came about. Because I was thinking, well, I can't, there's nothing, there isn't any one thing. I, I like it, you know, like my, like my, a lot of the time, my favourite times are, you know, like just sitting on the tube, you know, and I notice some, or hear some weird thing, some people talking or see a beautiful thing glimpsed out of a taxi or something, you know, just something, not yeah. like a, not a painting on the wall and not a big official film at a cinema or you know or something like that like I often think when I go to art galleries I often like like I might go and see a like I, I can remember doing things like going to the Louvre in Paris to see the Mona Lisa but I don't really remember seeing the painting but I remember you know queuing yes. for the painting yes. <laughs> yeah yeah and like I remember others you know and I remember having a laugh at the on the metro on the way to see the painting and I often think it's like that, you know, the, the things you... But to go back to the lights going on and off, I, I, I feel like it's really... Oh, I don't know, it's just really difficult to do things. And So with that, I just thought, well, that's just a failure. I can't decide. I don't know. So I'm just going to not do anything. I'll try and do something, but without... 
adding anything. Yeah, one that's how it, yeah. that's how it came about. I wanted to do something without adding any stuff to the room, mm. and the lights were the one thing I thought. Well, there's lights in rooms, you know. <laughs> yeah. I, no, I, I, it, it's interesting. <laughs> that's the best bit. It Not is interesting to me because I have been one of those ones going, oh my God, and you see the turn of pressing. I could have done that in two minutes. But, but over years and over time, what I've become to appreciate is that the essence of of life, all those moments that you say when you're sat on a right. tube and something hits you or something's unusual, something out the corner of your eye. And that right. that's not always framed in the most perfect way. And it's not always derived from hours and hours and hours and hours of Aye, building something it's just suddenly happened Aye, exactly and it's not and it's kind of like uh, well it, you know it's, it's sort of stupid or it's like it's not it's not like full of it's instinctual right well, I think inst- it's, it's, it's instinctual and not considered and that's where again where the people say i could have done that i could have made so well you didn't Right, and they and they could, of course, yeah, they could have done yeah, it, but they didn't. To me, like if it was possible to make a show, or a that was just consisted of all those kind of weird moments of mistakes and thing, you know, if it was possible to do that, that would be to me that'd be the best sort of show you could do. You know, that was just a kind of improvised and not, and it wasn't anything really. It was like crafted or. Yeah. To me, that's that's the most. That's where the gold is. That's the most exciting part of repetition. To me, feels like death to me, and aye, aye. and honing and crafting and trying to. That that's not where uh, the, the my passion is. My passion is for that spark of. Aye, aye. Yeah, and, and if it's if it's wrong, it, there's no wrong and right. There's aye. there's just attempts, aye, right? Aye, yeah, you. yeah. So Martin, I'm gonna ask you. Oh yeah. For your first word, please. <laughs> yeah, the first word is words. <laughs> <laughs> let, me, let me just quickly. I'll just quickly do. Just I will do uh, the etymology words. of the word. Yeah, it's from the old uh, Proto-Germanic word, uh, and then it's been used in lots of different ways. Having words with someone dates from the mid fifteenth century. That's a verbal altercation a word to the wise is from a latin phrase a word for word is from the 14th century word of mouth is from the 1550s and they've got some quotes about words I and mean, you can imagine how many quotes there are about words emily dickinson said i know nothing in the world that has as much power as a word sometimes i write one and i look at it until it begins to shine and then Virginia Woolf said, When I cannot see words curling like rings of smoke around me, I'm in darkness, I'm nothing. And then finally, my favourite, Roald Dahl, Don't gobble funk around with words. <laughs> so, Martin Creed, <laughs> why did you... <laughs> that's beautiful, that. So, why did you pick words? Uh, just because I can't... I find it... I, 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 <clears throat> choosing one word seems really difficult. But I thought that words, you know covers it all really and i feel like words like attaching words to feelings which is what like i feel like it's very approximate and words are never really good enough no. you know you have to just keep throwing more words until you approximate something that you know might yeah and by the time you land it that moment's passed and uh, you're exactly. searching for the next Aye. i wonder if this, um, as an artist if you experience the world See, words are part of your work. 
Right, you do use words, don't you? I as, know, as, I as, do. As aye. part of the world, which I is know. unusual, right? Rather than just trying aye. to capture in yeah. 3D, you use words. I, I get into that when I was at art school. And I think it, and I, and I don't, I, I think that it's pro- probably, because when you're at art school, everyone's always asking you, they're always t- asking you to explain yeah. what you're doing. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. All, I mean, it's like, why are you doing that? Why are you doing that? Why are you doing that? And 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 then I and I I th- and I, I um, hated that. Yes. And I think like that, but this is just thinking about it now. Looking back at, at the time, I wasn't really. But I think I started making work that I could use words to so defend. You know, rather mm. than because you were always being asked to use words to defend it in these bloody seminars you know mm. and that presumably that's why orthodoxies grow up Aye. that's because you've got to have something that you can people can have work discuss yeah. and, uh, and it's, that was the thing of people being prescriptive about art sort of not only wanting Aye. you to explain but to to say what's what constitutes art Aye. you know and what you're allowed to I completely understand that. Because maybe the thing about art that that people might sometimes not like, or just maybe it just makes them feel uncomfortable because it's just kind of like weird, and you know they don't, and that's why there's often at art galleries huge amounts of um, you know writing and text on the walls next to the like. Because I don't really, I try not to read that stuff. Just try and walk around. But even even if you try not to, you suddenly find you yourself to, just yes, because yes, then yes, reading the, yes. as if that explains it, which it doesn't really, because no, that's just no. some person's idea of a. Because I think words are always just words. They're not. They're not. They might. It's as if they're talking about something else, but they're. You know, you could uh, uh, say they're not really. They're just all writing is like creative writing. Even if it's like a review of a show or something. But as, as Tony said, some of your. Some of your use of words has been in your art, some of the Aye. neons that you've done and Aye. so on. And there's a limitation in words. As you said at the beginning, you, you, you're talking about words as tools to explain a feeling. And it's never exactly right. It's so... Because in order for it to explain what you're feeling, you have to mentally agree what that definition Aye. of that word Aye, exactly, is. Exactly, with the other person yeah. or people. And so you're getting lost in that that bit of like understanding what the colour red is because it's called red, and then, then there's there's so many shades of red, and and I, and I get what you're saying. For you though, as a artist or and and as a musician as well, mm. can you f- think of a way to communicate that wouldn't involve words? Yeah, a bit like for example, like color you know looking at colors i just like bright bright like those books on that bookshelf that like it makes me happy like i feel like it makes me happy to see like all different colors but that might be as much on you you know that that dark blue of your jumper or the or equally as with a painting in a gallery as much as someone's jumper (laughs) you know that's the thing i just don't think there's a difference between these things you know yeah, and I, I like I liked having. I think I like just working on things with words in there, but not uh, colours, music, you know, yeah. whatever. So you, you've already mentioned a couple of times going to art school, ah. um, and that obviously seems a pivotal time in your life. The person who entered art school and the person who left. What was the right. difference in those two people? <laughs> I don't know actually. 
I was very young. I was 17 years old when I... Because in Scotland, you leave school even a year earlier. And when I, and I came to London, it was 17. Wow. So I was 21 when I left art school, which seems quite young. So so if I think about when I left, I was like, I don't want to... Everyone, a lot of people I knew were do, wanted to do, like, postgraduate just continue, you know, yes, like with a stu- yes. But I was like, no way do I want to be in a in an institution. So I was wondering at 17, because I was just thinking to myself at 17, so at 17, I kind of think you know what you don't want. Aye. You kind of, because you can see around you what's, that's, what's not right for you. But t- So presumably you left Scotland on your own. Yeah. I just got, got on a train and got... got Glasgow, I left. Right, and, okay. Uh, it was a suburb of Glasgow where my mum and dad still live, actually. All right. And, and I went then... to the Slade School of Art. I mean, one of the things I remember when I left is, like, no way do I want a job. That was one thing. I just thought, no way, you know, like... <laughs> as, <laughs> as long as I... And the other thing I remember about then is I I smoked a lot and I don't know how I could... Uh, it's just irregular cigarettes. I don't know how I afforded it. But it was always like, as long as I can smoke, <laughs> you know, I'm all right. You know, yeah. like... <laughs> the, the, reason I, the reason I asked that question, though, is because there's a uh, an explanation you're going to have to give yourself, as you said earlier, about why you chose art school and what you're doing there. And then when you come out of it, you're going to have to explain to yourself what the future is for and what you... And you can only... The only tools that you've got to do that is words. Right, right. And and so those words start assigning a a job to yourself or a role to yourself. And it seems to me you've evolved without the necessity of following either of those titles, which is a, a great achievement in itself. Right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, well, I think I was trying not to be pinned down. You've refused the tyranny of definition. I got get that completely. The idea of thinking, well, if I've got some fags... Aye. ...and I don't have to have my spirit crushed every day, I'll be all right. Aye, exactly, aye. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I see the I words can really hem you in, then, if you're, like... Yeah. Absolutely, I was, I was only saying it the other day to, 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 to my wife, we were just talking about something and sort of about my own kids and what they're doing, and I said, you know, if all of a sudden you're getting interviewed on the news and it's got mm-hmm. your name, what did he put underneath to describe who you are and what you do? Because that is, yes. that is yeah, your, yeah. your yeah, yeah, portal yeah. to the world yeah. and the world's portal to you. Yeah. Now, if, you, if you've got Martin Creed, somebody who works in a field that somebody gathers out, that's a long title instead of artist. I know they won't, they, they will not use that. You're, you're, gonna, you're both going to love this. I don't think you're going to love this. I saw something yesterday, Martin, and it was, uh, it was a census from 1880. Uh, describing what everybody did for a job. It was horsekeeper, something. And it was 1880 in Leeds, and she was called Sarah Stubborn. And it said next to her, professionally said, does what she wants, <laughs> which I just thought was absolutely fabulous. So, and you know that's been a response. I mean, yeah. if someone's been there with a quill, yeah, and some yeah. parchment going, what do you yeah. do? What I like! Do whatever, whatever I like. <laughs> so that was your first word, Martin. They are fantastic. Uh, again, it's... Um, Endless of possibilities. So your second word is yes. Your second word is yes. Oh, yeah. So so this is a very 
The words yes and no are not easily classified into any of the eight conventional parts of speech. Sometimes classifies as interjections, but they're not really and they're not adverbs. So I think everybody understands the definition of the word yes. A couple of quotes. What is no? Either you've asked the wrong question or you've asked the wrong person. Find a way to get yes. That's Jeanette Winterson. Richard Branson. I'm a great believer that saying yes is a lot more fun than saying no. And then my favourite one, when I find out who said it, is the oldest, shortest words, yes and no, are those which require the most thought. And that's Pythagoras. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. So why did you choose the word yes, Martin Creed? Uh, I think it's to do with a feeling that I can't say no. (laughs) (laughs) But that I want to say no. (laughs) You know, I think I say yes because I basically feel no. You know, I feel negative primarily, I think, usually if someone asks me something (laughs) or I'm presented with something that happens and, you know, it's like, shit, like, no. I'm I'm scared, you know. But then I feel bad about that. I feel I feel like it's saying no to life. It's like it's like that's going to lead. I feel I always feel like in a split second I think shit. That's going to lead to me just falling being in my own in my room. You know, just what I, <laughs> just what I do at the moment. <laughs> but, um, yeah. And so it's all about life in general. When there's a specific I don't know, project you've got to complete or something that I get that feeling. Yeah. Um, <sighs> It's just an overall feeling of difficulty of life, really, I'd call it. You could call it depression-type feeling, but I wouldn't exactly call it that. And uh, and work, the thing is that I feel like doing work really helps me a lot, but I feel also that doing work often is really just really difficult. You have to force, you know, it's like even to to do something you want to do, I think you often have to really force yourself. That's what I find anyway. It's like just really like, you know, force force myself to do this thing that I know that I want to do. In inverted commas, I know I want to. Well, it's it's that it's, thing. I suppose that, it's that, like self-motivation is difficult. Yeah, it's that thing that that is defined as a work ethic. But right. in reality, is is just I think the grind because it's not, you know you know even those people with a good work ethic like I think I've got a good work ethic Aye, right. but as more as I get up and I go I'm doing yeah. this because I know. If I don't do it, I'll be more pissed off than if I do do it. But it's levels of pissed offness. Just it's not levels, levels of like, yeah, levels. Oh. See, see my <laughs> level. No, no. My, my, no. Yeah, my levels are. I think even worse because I, I don't want to do the thing that I love. Yeah. The thing that I love is writing. Right. Aye. And I think, oh, for fuck's sake, because I've had the I, I love the idea that I've had. I think, oh, that's a beautiful, aye, yeah. that world's amazing, that fuck, that world with those people, and they could do this, and they could do that, and they could, aye, aye. And, and all that buzzes me, and then I think, oh. But it's hard. Got to... So maybe it's to do with the, sorry. No, aye. I was going to ask you, because this, this is one of the things that I've, I've always wanted to ask somebody in your position, where you will get a commission oh, from, yeah. from a city or from a, an institution to create something. So they haven't come to you and said, right, you know, we want you to, I don't know, manufacture 50 pairs of shoes or something. They've said, (laughs) we want you to come up with something 
for this space. Right. Did they? Did you just get a blank sheet of paper? Is there a negotiation beforehand? In other words, do you carry the burden of having to create something from nothing that right. they hopefully love? Well, the, both of those things have happened. That and usually in the more like if there's I've had commissions that are more like uh, I, don't, I, I was well, I was thinking that I had had this thing where they just want you to do anything you want but actually if I really think about that yeah. I don't know if that's ever no. really happened no I mean it, it, the gallery that are the basically the the people who try and sell my work they sometimes if they ask you to do an exhibition that's basically a, a blank you've yeah. got a blank sheet but uh, like the, the f I think one of the first times I really used words funnily enough was in a public commission and it was because it was a public commission I think that I thought I should because I wanted to try and um, I thought I need to try and be direct is that the one in Auckland? no it was that the first one I ever did was in London in the East End and it was um, on an old orphan asylum it was an orphanage it was wow. like a and I think that was the thing. I was like trying to say yes because basically, I was like, it was like, I was like, shit, man, I'm doing a public commission. I've never done this before because I'd always done shows in art galleries, and I was, and and if you do a show in an art gallery, basically people are who go there, yes, are asking for it, asking for <laughs> it, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> they've got everything, got it coming to them. Kind of yeah. innocent passers-by. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, but but I, <laughs> but I think that's the the, the I so, think that's the, the brilliant thing that's happened. <laughs> In recent years, right, you get yeah. more of that public commission oh, yeah, yeah. bringing oh. you out through. But like as Tony said, you know, I, I can just imagine, you know, it, it, it's, it's perfect if if it's good. But you, you you are exposed to a lot of people going, oh, "That's a bit shit, isn't it?" But it's like busking or something. You're you're you're, you're yeah. shouting at people as they go past, effectively. And uh, so I thought I need to. Uh, so I think that's why I thought have to basically do something positive like for one of like try and be nice yeah and 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 and, and, and everything is going to be all right was that i was just thinking why well, you know it needs to be and it can't be you can't be like trying to be clever or you know did did you repeat that in auckland though uh, in you also did whatever as well didn't you I did whatever as well. It's just quite negative. Yeah, it's just, just big, big neon writing. Whatever. The idea, of, the idea that if somebody's bought a ticket to see your show or have listened to something of mine, that they fucking they've asked for it. It's so fantastic. Yeah, but you it's know, true. I know it's absolutely true. It's absolutely true. You're preaching to the converted yeah. almost, but it's like me and you. It's like you <laughs> having, having, yeah. having a performance out there of one of the things you've written, or, or me I just know. standing in Trafalgar Square trying yeah. to do a gig. Yeah, that's you know, that's people, what tickled me. It was yeah, just that, I, and it's also sort of there could be no complaint. Do you know what I mean? You can never have to justify yourself if somebody says, well, I didn't Aye. like it. Well, you, nobody's forced you in, have they? <laughs> when it's in a public space, you've got to, there's got to be some sort of leaning towards it. But, but also Aye. with a public yeah. commission, though, isn't that public funds? Well, not well. I, sometimes it is, but I, I wasn't. But I guess that's what another use of the word. But I'm not really thinking so much of that. It's funny, I haven't done that many public funded commissions because... <laughs> because... <laughs> 
Well, there was one. There was a couple. I just ended up like I just got either get sacked or I sacked myself. One was in. I remember it was in Norwich, and I think it was just to do. There was so many meetings. It's so yeah. That's yeah. that's what I, you know what that, that was going to be my um, whole point. I that's why I asked about the the, the funding of it because when it's public funding. Yeah. It, it, yeah, it immediately says there's a committee. Aye, it was, Someone's got to justify well, it. And, it. And, and your art, yeah. particularly, as, a, as to any art, really, can't, can't be, be by done a by a committee. Aye, exactly. And it's funny, I, I came up with this thing. The one in Norwich, it was one that uh, I came up with. It. I, I later did make this work, but I thought of it then for this commission that I got. Or yeah, yeah, I got the commission. They asked me to do it, and then it was like, then it was like, well, what do you want to do? And I came up with this big. It was going to be a big neon sign. It was going to uh, saying "Mothers," <laughs> spinning round. It was, it was going to be as big as I could possibly make it. Yeah. You know, because you know when you do, you know when you write words, it's a weird thing that like why, sh- like with like if you make a neon sign, generally yes. they're quite big words. Yes. But if you think about yeah. it, like, what's the difference between us a little word written on a bit of paper and a massive word in neon? I mean, in a way, I, I feel like there's not really that much difference. Why don't you, you may as well just write it on a bit of paper, you know? But it's suddenly imbued with something, right? Because if you with, make it yes. big or... Anyway, so I was thinking about... I was I was worried about that, kind of thinking, what is this thing with neon? I'm doing all these neons. What is it with this? What, what the hell, you know? So the the reason that mothers came up was because like... Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. This episode is brought in part to you by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like James Patterson's first audio-only thriller, The Coldest Case. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. A mother has to be bigger than our baby, you know, by definition. Has to, you know, to carry... Unless you're a seagull. <laughs> yeah. In which case. And so... Anyway, I came, uh, for some reason I got onto this thing that I was excited about. I was like, mothers, it's going to be brilliant spinning round, quite dangerous, you know? Yeah. <laughs> what sort of size are you talking about? Five metre high letters or something. Wow. Like <laughs> it was about 20 metres long or something like that. It was on a massive wow. I-beam. And they said no? Spinning or? round. Well, the thing is, no, they, they were kind of into it. And then I would go to these committee meetings with councillors and, 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 they, and they'd be like, well, why mothers? 
you know. Yeah, that's the end of the <laughs> discussion, right? <laughs> it's like yeah. you know, I was like, well, you know, there's mothers in you know Norwich. <laughs> <laughs> Norwich is like, full of mums. <laughs> I've never been. I've never been so tickled in my life. And then they, and, but then they, they wouldn't accept that as an expert. And they were like, no. "How did you come up with the idea?" And I was like, "Well, I, I was like, I don't know. It just kind of was on the toilet happen. or whatever, you know." They wanted an explanation of how the idea came about, and they, and because I couldn't really give it to them, then they wanted me to do research. So they wanted me to go and be in, around, hanging around at the maternity hospital. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they wanted you to, to like, lie. They to, wanted you, you know, to, to kind of like give a kind of yeah. like. Yeah. But also, without being um, too too sympathetic to the bureaucrats, because that is bonkers. It, like, you know, go go to the. Oh, yeah, but I think I'm being a bit unfair as well. But but there's also a little bit where you are holding public funds, so you you I have mean, to. You know, people are going to say, "What? Well, what have you done?" But, but you can imagine but, the people coming out go, "What's our council yeah, tax going on?" Yeah, Look at yeah, that. Yeah, it but, says mothers. Yeah, I, that's what I thought. I, I was thinking. I was thinking that's where the clash. The clash there. The clash of those committee members. They've come in completely the wrong way. They've said, "Right, make us something." So you made you something, and I said, "Now explain it to us in language that we can then explain, that we can then justify I to explain." Right. To, so it's that, and, and it's that, and to me, they really did have it coming. <laughs> they deserved it. But the idea true. of doing it by committee, and but the, the idea that uh, you can make art by agreement is ludicrous. Aye. You need a stone and a bit of steel to make a spark. You can't make it by rubbing two bits of wool. You need. I know it's difficult. Yeah, but I, I feel like that is. A difficulty with government as well that you know you can't it seems like you can't have governments without basically putting people in boxes yes you have to treat them as units and you know and, and compromise. everything has to be you know somehow explicable in certain ways because otherwise they can't yes make it and that's the problem with government as much as like I understand completely. It's compromise, isn't it? It's to co-promise. That's the word compromise. Yeah. Ah, it's to right, co-promise. Right. Co yeah. So, yeah. So, so, so any hope of authenticity or originality or uh, uh, is gone because right. it is, it's cobbled together by something that we agree is acceptable to the people. The, the right. idea of that that thing well, in well, knowledge. Well, just well, imagine yeah. your fathers for justice saying, "Oh, going the Batman outfits go, mothers, mothers, look at the what about." <laughs> Where's Hardy on side? Why did they always leave us? I'm coming to get your kids at the weekend. I'm not really Batman. <laughs> so, man, that, that, that's a brilliant word, yes. I didn't think it was going to take us down that avenue. Fathers for justice. Just I've got to find out. Just, just pick up before we move on. Just for my, for my, how did that end then? The the giant mothers in Norwich. What was the? Did they say to you, just forget it. You're not making it. Yeah, they got back. They eventually, because I just said, look, I can't. You know, I can't do the explanation because I, I, you know, that would be, I'd be, it'd be artificial. Lying, to like, yeah. And then eventually they came. Eventually, then they they kind of went a bit quiet, and then eventually they came and said, look, you know, it's not working. <laughs> <laughs> And they, was there an email trail? They, there must they, be. They did the classic thing of like you know oh. they got. I think they eventually got a local art. That, that yeah. often happens, did you mums. know, if you're a local. Yeah. yeah. 
you know, yeah. then that can be justified in terms of spending. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I, I love the idea that the word you picked was yes, but the end of the story was no. <laughs> 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 oh, Martin. Right, right. So, I'm sorry for the listeners. I will pull myself together. Uh, okay, so what's your final word, Martin? Uh, the final word is nada. Okay. Nada. nada. Uh, this is what I say to you, Martin Creed. I nod, Martin nod. Be thy name, thy kingdom nod. Thy will be nodder in order, as it is in nodder. Give us this nodder, our daily nodder, and nodder as our nodder. As we nodder our nodders and nodder those who nodder, but deliver us from nodder. Hail nothing, full of nothing, nothing is with thee. And that's from Hemingway, and that's What's where that the really? slang version of Narda comes from. It's Hemingway's from 1933. Obviously, it's from the Spanish Narda, yeah. meaning nothing. But uh, it's first used in Hemingway's, a clean, well-lighted place, oh, yeah. set in a Spanish cafe in which the world figures largely around the word Narda. Well, you know, that's amazing because I did not remember that. But when I was a teenager, Hemingway was my favourite one of my favourites, because so my teacher at yeah. secondary school was um, into Hemingway, and I even remember that short story of Cleanwell. Like, but I don't remember the. I remember well, maybe it now. You do that, you, right? aye. Maybe somewhere you don't remember it. Yeah. But the reason for that word is uh, that I wanted to have a foreign word, foreign to me. Yes. Obviously, that's not foreign word to a lot of people. It was Spanish. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. Because I feel like speaking a foreign language, I feel like is like a really... I always think speaking a language as a foreign language is a really brilliant... I love it when people speak English as a foreign language. Yeah. I love that. I was also thinking about, um, you know, because when it's your own language, it's only... Because I feel like this thing happens with your feelings that, that without, you know, behind behind your eyes, without you knowing what's going on, feelings just kind of like grab onto words. Yes. And and if it's your own language that you know very, you know they they grab on so quickly that you don't even know it's happened. Yes. And then it's that, and you don't see the feeling, you just see the word, and the word is like. So then it's like, and then that you think that's what you feel because that's that word, but yeah. it's not really what you feel because no. it's not the word. Not. I love that. And I love with, that. That that because when you said words right at the beginning, I, th- I was thinking that we are limited by our, our perception of what the language is trying to teach us, and the amount of times where I've been with somebody who's who's fluent in English, and they try to explain something from their own language and try and do a literal translation and they go there just there just isn't that word in english for that thing that feeling yeah that emotion and that i think is is a brilliant example it's like it's like you know deja vu we've adopted it because we didn't have a word for deja vu that meant deja vu Mm -hmm. and and i think that's very resonant across all languages do you speak another language (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> not really I bet I speak uh, so my mum is German ah. which is another reason I, 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 I was going to choose a German word but then I don't know I, so I grew up with my mum uh, she she, she um, would break out into German <laughs> she was, when she was angry yeah. Yeah. And, uh, but my dad never spoke much German so I grew up speaking no, without really being bilingual at all but I understand a bit, quite a lot of German, and then when I and then I moved to Italy when I was about thirty, just before the Turner Prize. Actually, I moved to Italy because I met an Italian person, 
and we, it's a big love story, and I moved to Italy, and I was there for about five years. So you, was your father, uh, your mum was German, your father was, father's English, right? He's English, not, so no one in my family's Scottish, we moved there when I was three. Right. And then my dad's from Liverpool, Cheshire area. Yeah, and the world, yeah. Aye. And then, but then I grew up in a suburb of Glasgow because my dad got a job in in Scotland, and then that's how I moved here. So, 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 so when you spent the, sorry when well, you spent this time in Italy, I presume the other person's Italian. That's what so you the aye. She's Italian, but she was from Milan, and in, in fact, and did you did you adopt much Italian? Well, I I, under, I think Italian's the language I understand most. <laughs> I chose a Spanish word. But, well, yeah, yeah. But, With but, a German mum, of course. <laughs> Of course, inevitably. Don't want to be. No. Uh, but I went to Spain recently, and um, that's what. That's why I get into some Spanish. So, so, so it's the idea of not having that instant access to the language. So Aye. then, so you, which makes you, which makes you, you have to do the work, right? You have to, Aye. you have to make the, you have to uh, look around and to, to try to find something that actually does. Which is why I think that often great works of literature that are transcribed into English are just. I don't know what we're really reading because it's, it's not in its original... No, but it's a funny thing. When I, I got really into Samuel Beckett uh, when I was at art school, actually, as, as well, and reading his all his writings, I really liked all the kind of funny, minimal, sort of really simple yes. kind of... Yeah. But I read about his w- writing that he r- wrote in French because he wanted to be clear of his own... Like all of beautiful. his own language. That's beautiful, yeah. We have to, so you have to really Aye. connect to find the. So he wrote his famous play, Waiting for Godot. Was written in was French? Was written in French? No. Aye. I think he said something that he want, that it helped him to treat language more simply because if it's your own language, You'd it's be just more concise, so yeah. many yes. associations wow. and you can't separate it from your own. I, no, I completely understand that, that but I so it's I, a more maybe it can be more more of a you can be free maybe you, of some of the problems that makes sense it makes sense now of his writing because you'd have to be more concise because you you search and, and, you, and, you, and you you cut loose from the associations aren't you that you right, exactly yes I. wow so you've picked Nada as an example well, specifically because that word as I understand it is no, means nothing nothing yeah yeah no it's also because of the meaning nothing because I, and I, because maybe I feel like the word nothing is a good example of why do you ever feel like you're settling for your foundation that is Maybelline's new instant age rewind eraser foundation doesn't settle into fine lines and wrinkles with SPF 20 and moisturizing pro vitamin B5 This foundation not only provides medium coverage and a natural finish, but also protects and nourishes your skin. And the best part? The blurring sponge tip applicator makes application a breeze. Say goodbye to cakey, uneven foundation and hello to a flawless, radiant complexion. Try our new foundation today and see the difference for yourself at Amazon.com slash Instant Eraser Foundation. Words don't work. You know, because nothing, because it's something um, becomes something. Because I, the word nothing yes. is not nothing. No, it's something. And so you know, for it really to be a good word, I mean, to describe nothing, you'd have to just 
be silent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But then how could that be then communicated? Because people would just think you, you weren't saying anything. Larkin says, <laughs> says nothing like something right. happens everywhere. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, so that's what I meant by the nada. Yeah. I also like the word nada because it's... Um, <laughs> because, you know, it rhymes with itself. <laughs> nada. You know, yeah, yeah, and it's sort of like yeah. it's like wah or yeah, ma yeah, yeah. or yeah. baba or abba. But it makes me think of abba as well, which is a beautiful word because it's you know it's like symmetrical. Yeah. But also it makes me think of the lyrics. I was thinking about that to do that speaking a foreign language or working in a foreign language. You know that I think the lyrics of abba are brilliant. Yeah, partly because they're so like. You know, like they're kind of painfully direct, yes, but in kind of awkward yes. as well. And I think that's to do with it being a foreign language that they're trying to communicate, and it, it almost becomes a more blunt way of communicating because it's not subtle. Yes. You know, they're kind of almost like they've got their dictionary out. They're it's, trying to, yeah. you know, they're trying to communicate some love story thing. That's so then, insightful. But, yeah. it's, but it's so enjoyable because yeah, no, it's so like oh my like so like weird like oh, I can't stand up <laughs> but suddenly now I'm interested to go no seriously but right. I'm How now can you not stand up well because well, we've, <laughs> we've all got different tastes but the idea of going back to to, to listen to them with that insight yeah right, right, like that song the winner takes it all is is brilliant oh, yeah brilliant. the words to that. Yeah. Knowing me, knowing you. Oh. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that one, what's that one called? A day. It's a story about a guy who goes to work and. Some Kafka esque interpretation. But I always remember when money, money, money was like number one. <laughs> it's uh, a rich man's uh, uh, world. Yeah. yeah. But, I, but I found that song so scary. Was, <laughs> but, but I, I, remember, I remember when that was. I think it's got like a. I remember that was ours, and and it's money, money, money. It's a rich man's world. Money, money, money. It's always sunny in a rich man's world, yeah. right? And you just think, oh, they've done that to Ram. I remember me dad going, "That's what it's like if you're rich, son. You can go on holiday when you want." <laughs> <laughs> I thought, it actually sums it up. You it can always be sunny in a rich man's All world. All the things I could do if I had a little money. It's what you said. It's you know. If yeah. you were English, it was your first language. You might go oh, that's a childhood writer, yeah, yeah. But when you're Aye. thinking about what you're trying to express, that, that's I've never ever thought of it like that. It's beautiful that's insight. Right. It's a beautiful, it t- beautiful insight. Beautiful. You know, it's a funny thing as well that, that someone told me this. I don't know if it's. I think it might be true, but basically all ABBA songs fade out. <laughs> because they yeah. fade out. There's, they no, there's no, there's no, there's no, there's no. Apart from yeah. uh, money, money, money. Mama Mia. Yeah. Yeah. So, so what, 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 what do you conclude from? I that? conclude that you just run re- out of words. <laughs> no, it's, re- it's really difficult to, 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 to stop when you don't know. You know what the problem with words is yeah. embodying. You know, the problem is a word is a finite yes. thing, and yeah. with a song, you know, it's always difficult to end. You know, yeah. if you fade a song out, you're basically leaving the potential you've got a kind of infinite yeah. there can't be a denouement one yeah there could, yeah. There, could there could be no re- resolution in an ABBA song because I, the, no because it's yeah that is such a beautiful intro I'll never listen to it. them the same way again <laughs> I think I might now love ABBA <laughs> wow I like them really. amazing so that's your three words Martin mm. what a treat uh, we always ask our guests for one word they'd happily never hear again. So, oh, yeah. which word would you happily never hear again? Mine is PPE. <laughs> <laughs> and that's it. That's partly because I hate 
PPE. I hate what gets called PPE. I don't like wearing it. I don't like wearing a mask. No. I hate other people wearing masks. But also, I don't like abbreviations. That's one of the things about that. I mean, I, I didn't. I don't like jargon where you don't know what anyone's talking about. Yeah. No, you no, know, no. Often no. people yes. write emails, work emails with like, and it's got loads of abbreviations in. I don't even know what most. It, of it them is mean. true when something then becomes common parlance. So all of a sudden, PPA is now just yeah. an understanding that everyone knows. But in reality, what it's saying is the acceptance of a barrier between you and somebody else. Aye, aye, exactly. And that would never have been accepted accepting these PPA, unusual what, sounds and I think it'd be great if it was put in the bin forever <laughs> yeah. but I didn't know what it meant for about for the first four months of yeah. I kept reading it I didn't know what it meant and then until eventually I walked past a building site and it, it had it said PPE and then it had a picture of a mask and I thought oh yeah it's to yeah. do with that yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's to do with building sites. <laughs> well, that was fantastic, Martin. I'm so, so glad that you came in to see us today. That's just an absolutely fantastic oh, me too. episode. Thanks. Cheers, Thanks brother. I loved me. it. Great joy. Lo- lovely to meet you and spend time with you. Are you too? Good <laughs> Cheers. Well, that was fun. Uh, I- I feel um, like I, I've just met Willy Wonka. <laughs> <laughs> I absolutely adored talking to him. He's he's such an engaging, and I would, I think, I just reiterate what I said at the top of the episode. If you get a chance to, and it won't be for everybody, and nor should it be, but if you you get a chance to take a look at Martin's work, having heard him speak, then yeah, absolutely, you shouldn't have favourites, but that was uh, that was my favourite, I think. Hope that you enjoyed that episode of Three Little Words as much as we did. I absolutely love doing this show with Tony and the guests have been brilliant. Don't forget to subscribe, follow, leave us a review, recommend us to any of your friends and it just remains for me to say also thank you to our sponsor, Quorn. Behind every successful business is a story, and some of them might surprise you. Like how Chobani's first yogurt factory was discovered on a piece of junk mail, or how the founder of the multi-million dollar cosmetics brand Drunk Elephant was told by everyone, including her own mother, that the name sounded like a dive bar. I'm Guy Raz, and on my show How I Built This, I talk to founders behind the world's biggest companies and brands to learn the real stories of how they built them, In each episode, you'll hear entrepreneurs share moments of doubt and failure and talk about how they were able to overcome them on their way to the top. How I Built This is like a masterclass in innovation and creativity, a how-to guide for navigating life's challenges from the people who've done it all. Follow How I Built This on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to How I Built This early and ad-free right now 
on Wondery Plus.